His um, he's just sexy. Anyway, we're talking about <laughs> Scarecrow from Batman movies because we just recorded Holy Musical Batman. Chelsea thinks he's sexy. I think he's sexy. The Scarecrow? Yes. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a double one time drop. This is our last episode of the month. Like so, Mundo. You, you know how we? I'm, I'm going to go a roundabout way. We've been talking about cult musicals, and cult musicals. I feel sometimes can just be like really bad workshops, or really, or really good workshops, really terribly good works- workshops. Yeah. Or they're like the workshops. They're like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. 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 And then it gets a cult following. Cult following because of usually cult followings happen because it's like something famous is in it, like Batman or <laughs> or Harry Potter or it's like uh, Evil Dead. You already have a built in, you know, I like fandom. Something. But also then like Rocky Horror, though, it was a workshop it was show. It so had bad that it was good and it, like the actors, though, were so famous who yeah. did it. Right? Well, they weren't famous then. They no. were it a was Monty Python theme, I thought. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. Yeah. Tim Curry? No, not yet. Not yet? No. Tim Curry got his start with Rocky Horror. Oh, I thought he was already on. Already I mean, famous. like, he had a little bit of a name in New York, I think, but I don't think he was famous yet. I'm looking up his, like, career chronologically. Anyway, today, <laughs> today we're whining about workshops. The good, the bad, and the workshoppy. The workshoppy. The workshoppy. <laughs> we're we're Houston actresses, and we have been involved in a couple of workshops. God damn, you're right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So the reason why Rocky Horror became as popular as it was was because it was so bad that audience members started yelling to it, talking to it, and throwing things at it, and that became. I said the flocking, thing. but I like that you're they're talking to the. Musical. No, they were talking to. That's true the, too. <laughs> yeah, they started talking during the musical to each other, throwing things at the screen, and it just became like a a cult following, like this community of people that knew what the responses were after a while, or they'd come up with new funny responses. You know, like you always say something after Janet's name. You always yeah. say slut. Or you, you always, always say, drink after blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like like our drinking game rules. It's it's like a drinking game, but a musical. <laughs> so that's why that became such a huge cult following. Um, but some workshops make it big and some don't. Some get performed. Hadestown made it big. So Hadestown was a great That was an anomaly. Uh-huh. <laughs> made it huge. Um, others don't make it quite past, you know, a, a workshop, and it that's okay too. YouTube. Huh? Some people don't even make it to YouTube. Some of them, yeah, no, some of them don't even make it to YouTube. I did, I did a workshop once that was like a, a reading, and it it didn't it didn't make it past a reading. reading. I think we we made like a a album, but that was it. Um, and that was fun. That was interesting. Does that bring you to? Oh, we should drink. We should, we should talk about drinking first. Yeah, <laughs> hey, before Charles. we start telling stories. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking? I'm drinking some Lamarca today. I like me some bubbly wine. You're like just hit your elbow I against did. my wall. Chelsea is currently in my in, bed while I'm at my desk. I'm in Emily's bed because her, um, it's set at 69 her because it's at 69. Giggity. Uh, nice. Because all of Rigel's wine is still here. Yeah, Rigel, come get your wine. Yeah. It's cold here. I mean, God damn it! It's like if it sits at seventy for too long, it cooks. Mm-hmm. 
So like we're we're super super grateful for for you and um, for the the spitting back out of the wine that we do when we say your name. But please come get your wine because it's so cold here. Yeah, I'm wearing a jacket and I'm under her covers and it's like a hundred degrees outside. Anyway. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm contributing to the power loss of Houston. Yes, actually, Emily. there hasn't been any, but not yet. For all of you who've been setting your temperatures up to 85 Oof. when you sleep, uh, <laughs> I can guarantee that no I, one's actually doing, doing that. that. Yeah, um, uh, and the Texas power grid and the governor can go fuck themselves. Or got figure it out. Figure it out on your own. We're not going to help you. Anyway, <laughs> hey Emily, what you what what you drinking? Well, okay, I'm staring at what I'm whining about, but I am drinking Lamarca. <laughs> hey uh, Emily. Also, what are you whining about? Hey, Charles. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that folly. Um, so I received an email. I were, I live in a condo. So we have an HOA, Homeowners Association. Mm-hmm. Um, they are semi-responsible. Well, no, I'm going to say mostly responsible for the, or all the way responsible for the hole in my tire. All the way responsible. Um, but um, our cleaning lady is just amazing. I love her. She's great. She only does commercial buildings. Otherwise, I would try and get her to come to my house, too, because she's just so lovely. I love her. She's great. I give her wine all the time. Um, that She does not drink at the job, I should say. She takes it home. Anyways. Good. Um, but the people who live in my building are complete assholes to her by leaving their shit, literal shit, everywhere. So there is clearly, like, a dog that is peeing in the elevator i'm pretty sure there was some vomit inside and right outside of your building okay that's what i'm about to talk about cool so literally yeah so last week it happened on like so she comes three times a week three times a week she comes to our building um literally right after she was here like there was i could see clearly where this started and it was definitely on the first floor that some dog or something vomited or 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 peed and it there's like a line from the carpet outside the elevator into the elevator floor that made the elevator floor sticky Ew. all the way around. It was disgusting. Ugh. And I, t- I texted her and I was like, did you see that? She's like, I have no idea what it was, but it was absolutely gross. And then last night, um, not late, it was pretty early in the evening. My sister came by my house um, and dropped off a key and she goes, hey, somebody vomited outside like the – the door the main entrance um which i never go through i always go through the back entrance and like it's not only like outside but it's inside the lobby yeah like somebody started vomiting inside the lobby and then made it outside made it outside well then i get an email today saying clean up 24 7 assistance is not available no shit sherlock somebody put a napkin over it at least oh my like they're like somebody recently became ill unfortunately they didn't bother to clean up their vomit or to make sure it was removed leaving a mess for members tenants and guests to contend with there was disgusting sight flies and smell and i'm like yeah i mean so my poor hoa gets me like really pissed about the whole pothole situation but this Mm -hmm. this is disgusting and terrible and i guarantee it's probably all the same like five people yep and i'm in a like a 90 person complex Mm -hmm. and i worry that people are gonna think it's like me or my dog which we're the we are the (laughs) i don't bitch about anything really Mm -hmm. i'm so nice to all the workers here my dog is literally the best dog in the entire world i follow the rules and lo and behold people are literally vomiting on our carpet so stupid it's disgusting it's so stupid 
Anyways. And it's not even on carpet. It's, it's oh, like. the whatever was in the elevator was on carpet, too. Oh. Like, you could see there was a, literally a stain Ew. inside the elevator that when you got off on the first floor, you could see it match up with the carpeting. That's disgusting. So I knew it was on the first floor, which is where the mailboxes are. So it's like, that's the only reason I was even on the first floor. Yeah, clean up after yourselves yeah, don't, and like, your animal. What, what the hell, people? Yeah. What the hell? It's all, you know what? I will say when, um, because there's a lot of tenants in my building, mm. uh, we have a trash chute, like in Friends. Oh, I hate those. Uh, which our trash chute's ga- great, but people like clog it all the time. And I walked into the little closet that the trash chute is in, and somebody just left like wrappings, like uh, the the foam that's inside of boxes yeah like the, the the sheets of foam yeah all over the closet literally all over the closet like you walked in you couldn't walk in because there was just so it, they didn't put their their trash in a bag they in just a bag threw it down, down the, the chute. chute no they didn't even put it in the chute they just left it in the closet huh where the chute is cool i was like are you fucking kidding i literally even i did email the uh management that day because i was i was hangry or something Well, i think there's a lot of people that live here that own but there's more people that rent it's like one whole building is rent and the other and then like one building is mostly owned but the fact of the matter is i literally when i emailed it to the um when i emailed it to the hoa i was feeling super salty and i go clearly some uh like zennial doesn't understand how trash shoots work i guess they've never seen friends like that was my <laughs> I emailed to Oh my them. gosh. Those are old HOA but or old management. LOL. I was so mad. Um I'm still mad. It's just it's been it's been a shit show, literally in a vom show. It's disgusting. And when I saw that today I was like, what is that? And it's and it only just started. Like this didn't happen obviously this didn't happen during quarantine, but like mm-hmm. this amount of it happening multiple times a week it's probably the same person that's why i'm like it's probably the same disgusting human that whose landlord doesn't care yeah so i I can't imagine somebody who who owns yeah no not at all anyways that's what i'm whining about hey chels hey emily what are you whining about how about i give us a positive one yeah i'm I'm usually the positive yeah (laughs) i will be the positive today i honestly i'm still tired still tired shocking shocking and i am taking on one more camp in august not not mm-hmm. with hits with stageworks i do have a play with young babies at, at stageworks the babes i have a little play i'm gonna do with the babes but you know i i am tired my voice is tired um but i will say i went to miller outdoor theater Aww. for the showstoppers the hits showstoppers collaboration with stages and I had a really nice time. I, like, Aww. did not want to go. Yeah. I was so tired. I'm sorry, Adam and Ray, if you're listening to this right now, and you're like, oh, she didn't want to go. I really didn't because I was tired as hell because Moana is killing me. And music directing every day plus doing my other part-time job in the evenings, yeah. is, it's killing me. I'm tired. But Greg, who's the um, technical director, Greg, Greg we met up. Uh, Greg went ahead and bought four tickets and well got like picked them up because it was free you can't buy it Miller well he reserved four tickets yeah yeah yeah. whatever it was he reserved four tickets so James and I met up with Greg and his girlfriend Kelly and we went uh we had these really great seats at Miller oh and it was it was really a it was a really good show I was super impressed the set was incredible 
Aww. And the kids were fantastic. It was a whole review. Hits turns 35 this year. And so they had this, like, really cool set with... 35? 40? 35 is what they were celebrating. Oh, okay. Well, it's the 40th anniversary, but I think it's the 30th at Miller. Miller. It's the 35th. I'm sorry. Okay. I was like sitting here. I was like, okay, I did a whole campaign for 40. So 35th year at Miller that Hits is performed. So yeah, that makes more sense. (laughs) It was really cool. They had this like this big um, staircase that lit up, you know, very a la 42nd Street. And they had this huge, big like proscenium thing that dropped not proscenium. They had like this big square thing that had all of the past, like blown up past show show bills, yeah. playbills from Miller, with uh, like Hello Dolly and just from from you know years past. And then in the very middle of that, they were projecting videos of like Lauren Pasterek and all these Aww. different of Adam of of all these different past people that have performed um, at. Miller who threw hits and it was it was really heartwarming the kids were very very good there's this little tiny baby girl who couldn't have been older than six or seven who was the youngest one in the cast and she was just brilliant but yeah it was it was very good it was a very well done show I thought it was a review of all the shows that they've done in the past at Miller so it was just this big review and I was like who put this together it was you know Adam mm-hmm. and I don't know who else did. Uh, I guess Mr. Ulrich Mertz, no? was Ulrich directed um, with was Adam. assistant director. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Dana was choreographer. Uh-huh. I think Ulrich assisted in that too. It was just it was so well done. I was very impressed. It was so touching. At one point in the show, um, they they're finishing a dance number, and you know it's like oh we love theater, and then the screen goes black and Adam comes up and it's that video that he had released when everything shut down at Miller last year. Oh, the one with Matilda? With Yeah, when Matilda had to close last year because of the pandemic and Miller decided to cancel the season, Mm -hmm. they played that video that Adam, the artistic director of Hits, um, had recorded previously. And all the students in the show come on stage and they're slowly coming out and they're looking at the video and their excitement goes from really amazing, big, high energy to this, oh my God. And then they're all on stage. They slowly turn towards the audience. And I don't even remember what they were singing because I started crying. And they put on these masks. They just pull masks out of nowhere and, and put on masks on stage and start singing a number. And I'm like, holy shit, that's powerful. Thank you for including that. So I just, I actually, I didn't want to be there, but I ended up really enjoying my time there. Because I was like, okay, yeah, it's a review. It's a musical review. But it was a really good review. It was very well done. So congratulations, Hits Kid. Hits Kids. Great job. Very well done. Thank you for making me cry. So a workshop, do you want to walk us through what that is for, for anybody listening who doesn't know quite what a workshop is? So, a workshop. Ah, I mean, like, like, what's there to really explain other than, so, a workshop is pretty much just the start of a show. You workshop something um, to learn, like, what works, what doesn't work. So, it's the learning. I can see where your phone just shut on. I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to find information on the workshop. One of the workshops I did. So yeah, no. So it's literally just a time for uh, no judgment pretty much to 
figure out in a script, in a song, in a project what's going to work and doesn't work. So we have workshops with big musicals. We talk about Jenna Lee, how she workshopped Heathers and workshopped Reefer Madness. And even in, um, if you've ever watched Smash, which you need to watch Smash. I know, I know. It's I know. on Amazon Prime. I don't James have and I are, well, you can use my code. James and I are watching it, rewatching it right now, and I'm like, oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. They kind of walk you through what a, a workshop, workshop is. Workshop is. But yeah. so usually um, during a workshop, a lot of things change, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day is kind of the hardest thing about working on a workshop is that one day you'll get a script, you memorize it, you learn the music, you're there, and then the next day it's cut or changed or I don't know, trimmed or moved. It's and you have to adjust and you have to learn quite quickly how to adjust things quickly and memorize and pretty much throw away what you already memorized. Mm-hmm. So I always think about a workshop I did with um, one of my good friends, Miss Sarah. Miss Sarah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna to redact the name though, mostly what? because I think that the name changed. But when I did this show, it was a historical drama musical where there was something about a a watch that because of this watch, it saved, it was pretty much Holocaust. It saved all the Jews. But it was also about concentration camps. Oh. Um, And that was kind of the... The general gist of this musical was um, how, like, through the uh, generations and pretty much the generation that was saved uh, comes and speaks to the current generation or, like, the person who represents the person who saved everybody. But there was a lot of historical inaccuracies Mm -hmm. um, that were discovered kind of after the show was done and then the show was actually three hours long oh cut that it was very 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 long and um when we would learn the music they didn't have sheet music i'm sorry what we were pretty much like pretty much i would show up and they were teaching music but at the same time really kind of coming up with it on the spot and then we would memorize, we would, or not memorize, but we would just harmonize naturally. So as a performer, we kind of helped create, but we're not credited for the creation, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And that just kind of comes with workshops, and that's where you get a little sticky, I guess, is if you're singing words on a page, but coming up and kind of collectively coming up with the tune or the melody with somebody who's playing the piano who's really credited at the end of the day mm-hmm. um anyways it was very strange the whole like that was my kind of first experience with a workshop and though not like things were changed for sure or things weren't remembered the next time we would show up yeah um so it was a lot of it was a lot of work i ended mm-hmm. up getting sick for the to, for the two performances it was a weekend that where i literally opened three shows in two days I think I remember you talking yeah, so about Yeah, so I this opened before. a show in the evening, opened a show in the morning, and then opened that show. I guess it was in the evening because, like, one show ran for three nights and that show ran for, like, two nights. I don't know. Anyways, point is, I ended up with a double ear infection and still did the show somehow. It was interesting. But that's 
that's my i mean i love the people i worked with and and like I, everyone was great it was just the actual project that brought us together um i'm grateful for that the project itself obviously needed more work and it did it 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 got that it got that up in chicago oh it was, wow it was submitted yeah. into the chicago workshop where we as like the cast were supposed to go but then they ran into financial issues so they couldn't bring us and ultimately i'm not really sure what happened with it um uh, technically no one from houston went and maybe maybe we'll come again we'll see maybe yeah so that's that's the workshop experience i had uh first time what about you chels um my very first workshop experience was heartbreak usa and that was through sro productions okay um in the same year i had another experience but i'll talk about that later um heartbreak was like i said the first workshop and that's where we sat around and we literally you remember that that rehearsal space that tom used to have the barn the barn yeah he no longer there were some rats in there yes there were rats (laughs) it was kind of nasty sometimes you would Um, see them crawling oh yeah it was it was not a great spot but sro you know it's just a little ragtag group and we we were like yeah okay we can do this this is um this was michael weems and Timothy Boaz. I don't know if you remember Timothy. Mm-mm. Tim Boaz. Know. He um he does a lot of Royal Caribbean and Princess Cruise Lines as a pianist. Oh, okay. He is now a certified scuba diver, and that's what he's doing with his life is scuba diving photography. I kind of want to do that. Right? Like become certified, not photography part, just but, like, he's, scuba, scuba diving part. He's living his life traveling the world, and I'm like, Tim Boaz, come back. <laughs> come back. Back. I'm back. I truly, I love that man. He's amazing. I love Michael Weems. As a team, they they wrote a really fun musical. There was some, when we read through it the first time we, we did this workshop where it was not performed to, to an audience. It was just read aloud. It was just, mm-hmm. literally just, just reading a script that they had written and kind of going through some of the music and sight reading. And it was, it was okay. It was, it was an okay musical. And then they asked for feedback. And I was like, look, I don't think this plot works right here. Because it was like, she had just, the, the lead character had just found out that her her husband, not husband, but her boyfriend of forever had slept with her one of her best friends. And she's like, well, you're my best friend, but he's an asshole. I was like, that's not real. That's not reality. That's not real. That, that, that would not be real. Mm-hmm. To me, um, I feel like she needs to have more of a reaction to the friend and to the the boyfriend. Like, wh- why is she besties with this girl? And now they're suddenly both against this guy. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I would be pissed at everybody. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we we all gave our opinions and and um, he reworked it. And like a year later in 2005, they had a fully fledged musical. Oh. And so it went up at SRO and I was cast as Jeannie. Is it Jeannie? Oh Lord. I don't know. Lord Almighty, it. hold up a second. Oh my god. Don't even it's been so long. Missy. Ugh. Jeannie was another show. I did another um couple of shows with SRO. I was I was Jeannie in Trailer Park. And then I was in another Michael Weems original uh, musical where I played Peggy. And now this one's Missy. They're always like two syllable names. Um but Missy is the lead character. So I got cast as Missy, who is 30 years old, not married to Jerry, 
And Jerry just essentially wants to sit on his front porch and drink beer all the time with his friends. Right? Now that I'm in my 30s, I get that life. (laughs) But I was like 25 when I played this role. And it's so strange to me. Like, everything came back around in my 30s. And I was like, I think I get messy a little bit more. I think I understand her. (laughs) I get it. Because there's like this whole line about how I've given up at 30 or something. And I'm like, oof. 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 So... Um, anyway, but playing that role was interesting because we did, I think it was eight performances of Heartbreak USA in 2005, May, actually I have it pulled up, May 14th, 15th, 16th, not on my, not on our birthday. Oh. The 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 28th, 29th, 30th. Um, so yeah, eight shows and it was great. Um, we had a actually really good audiences for every every single show it was interesting to be a part of something that started as just a a reading of a play and then help actually give some inspiration towards where these characters are coming from um and then to actually put it up on stage yeah and then like it just you know didn't hear from anybody after wire and oh here's a fun connection yeah you remember that houston film production club thing that we did the film festival with do i remember do you remember yes i remember do you remember well jeff taylor who played my boyfriend is one of the founding members of that club his face is up there and so i texted him i was like hey i'm competing in your club thing he's like cool say hi to peter i won't be there because he's also the general manager of a really popular restaurant jeff's jeff's great i had a really great time working with him he played jerry Brian Chambers was Ricky, Kelly Peters was Casey, Stephen Oliver, Olivier, I'm sorry, Oliver's trip. Darian Kellum. No, I don't know who that is. Oh my God, she ended up moving to New York and went to, what's that big theater school up there? Uh, Stella Adler. Stella Adler, thank you. Um, <laughs> Darian Kellum played Lizzie. She I don't up- have like a job that makes me... Right? I know, like, like, but yeah. it's, like, it's a weird method. That- Stella Adler. She's, <laughs> she's so talent she was talented to begin with and she's a great singer but then she went to the Stella Adler school in New York and I'm watching what she's producing now and I'm like oh my god girl um Brian Kaplan we love a Brian Kaplan was the pizza guy he will forever be pizza guy in my heart not saucy jack not saucy jack who we also talked about Brian Kaplan last a couple weeks ago Oh, God, it is Kaploon. God, Chels. Oh, I suck. <laughs> I love Brian Kaploon. And then Tom Stell played Buck, the uh, stripper. I feel like Tom Stell only plays names with, or roles mm-hmm, with one name. Mm-hmm. Like, he Buck, was, we Jake. also talked about Tom. Tom was Jake in Evil Dead. Anthony. Anthony, Just yeah. like all yeah. these one-namers. <laughs> it, was, it was super fun. And then I didn't hear from any of those people until... Uh, I, it was like maybe five or six years ago. I got a call from Timothy Boaz and Michael Weems, and they're like, "Hey, we're putting an album together." Oh, cool! So neat. I'm on a cast album for Heartbreak USA. Oh, cool! That's like my goal, which I think is a goal of a lot of people, is to be on an original cast album. Really? That was, I mean, that was my goal when I found out about, you know, Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, I would like to be, you know, the person that people listen to. I mean, if, if Heartbreak USA ever becomes a breakout show, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe eventually. But I know my name is in, like, if it gets published, it's my name as Missy. My name is next it's to... It's me. It's me. It's me. And then it's okay, my name that. on a couple of other shows, actually. 
Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. My name is in the script for... Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice, yeah. I am Miss I Bailey. like how I know your I, resume better look, than you do. <laughs> my brain does not work post-COVID. God. I like... But I also... This is... I, I thrive on um, connections. Ah. Right? Like, I will connect you to everything. Yes. So, I'm really good with connecting connection networking and figuring out where people belong well and that's and why like, a lot of people do workshops too right is for the connection you may not get paid a whole lot for it or at all well and then it's the chance to like potentially you it's an investment yeah a workshop is an investment um there's a workshop that i've been working on for a very very long time mm-hmm. that i've brought many people onto as well thank you by the way yeah and it's it's great and it's a project that i believe in and i invest in and i and I think that it will go places and I believe in the writer. And um, so, I mean, I'll talk about it. There's Bloom. Bloom. By Miss Stephanie Acock. She's yeah. great. Um, She's working with our good friend Ashley Kate Adams mm-hmm. to make this um, thing, this, this, what was a play, um, now a film, a reality. And I remember when, uh, I call her Stevie. Mm-hmm. I think she's changed to Stephanie professionally, and yes. I, I just can't get it in my mouth. <laughs> but Stevie approached me. We had met in an audition at Berlin Theater, and we, I mean, admittedly kind of look similar. Mm-hmm. She's old. She's about 10 years older than me. She's a little less than 10 years older than me. But um, we look similar, and she approached me because she's like, I think you're a great actress. She actually got a role over me. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like we talked about this last or for Saucy Jack, where like people get a role and you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I mean, like if it was going to be between me and her, I'm glad that she got it. Yeah. And so she got this role. And so that's how we became friends. Um, most Emily way of becoming friends. <laughs> <laughs> and she asked me to play a role that was based on her. Um, I'm like, OK, for a reading. And so um, it was a directed reading. So we. Uh, practiced at the alley and then did the reading at the alley no the at the it was at 14 pews okay in uh the heights area cute it's a little church yeah um, yeah 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 and so we did the reading got gave her feedback um i was in that with wesley and amanda too Aww. um i didn't realize they'd been a part of bloom mm-hmm, only but only for that reading right uh-huh. and then stevie like so the reading was a reading it was that's all it was it was we read it um it was like the third reading she had done uh-huh. um it was very long and then she approached me a couple of months later saying i think i want to make this a film and everyone that I'd talked to had said we need to make it about one event. So I made the event me writing the, the script. Um, so we actually worked through that rendition. So I took her rendition, wrote it up, like, with my, what I thought would be best. And then she took a rewrites. I mean, the script that we read, uh, me and Chelsea. So Chelsea and I, since it's become a screenplay, have taken part in a reading and that's when I most everything has been like virtual reading virtual yeah. yeah and so I've hooked her I hooked but I hooked up the writer with aka and even since then since you've been in readings mm-hmm. that script it's changed so much yeah like the script I actually sent Stevie the original script that I read mm-hmm. um when the name was different um and like the like the names the roles everything has evolved and it's not so much different as it is just an evolution 
but that's that is now like some that for that script i'm going with her to an award ceremony at the what? end of the month really because she was nominated for a warm a film award that's for awesome the screenplay and i'm just like this is the investment I mean, for me, believing in the script and believing in my friend, mm-hmm. we became friends more. We were friends, but we weren't, like, friends. But we became friends through this process. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, even though I have, like, wonderful connections now through Stevie and I love these people that I've met, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we talk about investments just like you would invest in any other friend, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like this workshop is is going to be amazing it is amazing oh, so and it's cool. leading to a feature film i that love that will be produced next year and honestly the concept for it i'm not going to give anything away but i i was really floored really by impressed it. i was yeah. really impressed by the concept for that i left every reading after all the readings that i've been a part of and i uh i did stage directions for one of them i've been multiple characters mm-hmm. um i leave with goosebumps every time yeah. And the ending, I mean, the endings changed like a billion times. It's all the same, same concept. concept. It's just yeah. different. It's really cool. Check out Bloom. I it's think their, yeah, their Instagram is, uh, let me, let me pull it up. Just like its title, it is blooming. It's a work in progress. And that's why we love oh. a good workshop. So the, the Instagram is the journey of bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, so spell, it's no spaces, just spelled out. Yeah, go follow. Um, yeah, no, it's and it's great. And so uh, Stevie also just started a self-care bitches Yay, <laughs> company. Love with, that. With three of her friends. So that's the kind of that's the kind of workshop that I love to see. Yeah. Um, where you become a part of these things that you really truly believe in and though this like for particularly like Bloom particularly is very um, it's a heavy topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one other workshop that I can segue into really fast. I have one, too. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, go ahead. This one's a quick one. I worked on kind of the same idea from concept to cast album. Yeah. I don't think the cast album was ever released, though. So I worked on The Jury, the musical, with Anna Faye Williams here in Houston. Okay. And Anna Faye was a classmate of mine who decided later in life to go back to college and get her degree in composition. Oh. So, yeah. So she was this this older lady and really talented, really, really sweet, sweet person. And she had this concept for a quirky jury that, you know, that's a it's a trial and they're all there together and all these different characters come together and um, have to decide this man's fate for a shooting that was an accidental shooting, but oh. he obviously did it. So, but it's not so much about the the case; it's more about the people involved in it. It's like twelve angry men. It's like twelve musical. angry men, but we're not angry at each other. We're all flirting with each other and uh, like pair up at the end. So, uh, so twelve, twelve, sexy. twelve sexy jurors. <laughs> so it's a, I mean it's fun, but I I definitely played a role I probably shouldn't have. So. Um, the Latin one. So, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's like number two for you. I know. I've done some things I shouldn't have done, but I've learned. Anyway, but Anna Faye was a, a friend, and I did this as a, you know, as a a, 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 a fun favor. A fun favor for her twice. Okay. So, w- the first time it was uh, done at Country Playhouse before 80 players. Country Playhouse was uh, Queensbury. Yes. Yes. Before it was <laughs> Queensbury. Queensbury Theater. Yeah. Not 80 players. I'm drinking your shit. God, I'm going to drink more. So I, I did um, 
I did a staging of her musical there with um, Diana Howie as the director, and I'm I'm actually on Diana's page right now her web page oh, and cute. like I'm clicking on all these links to it and you just can't find it this this musical didn't go anywhere and that's okay but that was I'm looking at the date it was 2004 wow um, apparently it was 2004 that I did that and I'm like I'm old and then uh that was I was still there's no way it was 2000 how was it 2004 that's not correct I'm like I'm sitting here I'm like that is where not was correct I in 2004 I think I was no. in middle no that could not have I been was correct. Still in elementary school, I was in fifth grade. It was not performed in two thousand five. No, there's no way. This is not correct. I was still in high school in two thousand five. This says it was performed at a M- Minneapolis Fringe Festival in two thousand five, and was. at Country Place Playhouse in two thousand four. I was uh, a junior in high school in two thousand four. I I was in college in you know two thousand five through two thousand ten. So there's no way these dates are wrong. But I remember it was like right after college. I got this. Thing. I got this thing and I performed it at Country Playhouse and it was great. It was fun. And then I didn't hear from her for years. And then like six years later, again, just like heartbreak, she called me out of the blue. She's like, hey, we're going to do this again, um, but we're going to record an album. Can you be there? I'm like, sure. So we rehearsed at this church. And when we went to record the album, I think it was Mr. Mertz was playing. Love a Mertzy. I think it was Mertz. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. I thought it was Michael Mertz, but I had the worst laryngitis of my life. Mm. So I went and got a steroid shot so I could record this thing because by God, I was going to be on a cast album. God damn it. it yeah. God damn it. I was going to be on a cast album, even if it was inappropriate. And I I recorded. And let me tell you, everybody, that's a mistake. That's not a great idea to sing once you've had a steroid, have a steroid shot like and then a, rest. It's like taking a... Um, like an ibuprofen before yes. working out, like you're going to hurt yourself. You will hurt yourself because you don't feel anything and you're like, exactly. oh my God, I have my voice back. And then surprise, surprise, you've hurt yourself some more. So if you're going to get a steroid shot, do it and then rest. I did the opposite. I got a steroid shot so that my vocal cords were a little less disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And I sang, I sang okay. It was all right. I, I popped it on out, but I hurt myself in the end. Yeah. So, but it was, you know, it was an experience and I don't think the jury went anywhere else because you can't find it anywhere on YouTube. Can't find it anywhere on Google. I've looked for it before, but I do list it on my, my resume because yeah. I thought it was cool. I was on a, I'm on two Calst albums. I love that. Crushed I mean, that's, I mean, that's uh, like a whole separate section. You should go ahead and like carve out on your resume yeah i have it I have oh that. good okay yeah i also have wines and dolls on my resume oh so do i i have it as a producer co-host yep me yeah. too cool okay cool Put it under like the production it says lang learner yeah lang comes first because of the a i'm pretty sure i just copied yours oh did you really put it on my resume did i yeah. send you <laughs> you did you did because <laughs> we're apparently we're on imdb too somewhere <laughs> we should be hold up okay i'll fix that Tell me if your we're story. not if we're not i'll fix it because um, that's something I can fix. Um, my story. Oh, workshop. So I so I do admin work too. Um, and I do admin work for small theaters quite cheaply depending on how I feel about the project. And actually, I guess I have two project stories that evolve from that statement. Um, the one I'm thinking of right now, though, is a show, lovely show called Unlocked, 
It is by oh, yeah. my good friends Sam Carter and Derek Greger. I forgot about that um, one. And it was where I met also Selda Sahin, who I adore, and the producer Joseph. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. I almost said Joseph. Judy Losev is her name. That was wine. But Judy, um, they needed help. Just the producer needs some help with uh, at a personal level with the show, mm-hmm. and so. I don't actually don't know how they got my name. I cannot remember, but somehow I was connected with them and me and Zelda worked at like we were like putting up posters or something. Um, just a very like and like compiling list. Something very, very minute. I mean like made to like two hundred dollars off the show. But the reason I bring it up is because this show did have an off Broadway run came to Houston, is still being developed. And the writers, like, Sam went to Yale, and Derek and Selda both have an Emmy. Oh, wow. I mean, they're they're great. They're great people, and, and Judy is a lovely human. And um, But I bring it up because even after that off-Broadway run, mm-hmm. um, which Jennifer Newberry did, who is now Glinda, or Glinda Understudy on the Wicked Tour, mm-hmm. um, they were changing things. And I'll never forget the difference between the first preview and closing night. Because I, I saw the show, I think, three times. And that first preview, I was sitting up with Judy. <laughs> and pretty much Unlocked is about um, this girl. She's in love with her hair. And her hair has, like, her. it speaks to her. Mm-hmm. And um, it's cut as, like, a sign of they're going to, you know, you're going to get married because now I have a lock of your hair. Okay. Thus unlocked. And oh. so she doesn't want anyone to touch her hair though, but her hair is tut or is cut and her hair is talking and Zeus comes down and he's like, your hair is so perfect that it must join the gods and the stars above. <laughs> and my friend Philip was playing Zeus and he takes this hair and he tosses it upstage and it hits the, Oh, God. And falls down. And I just remember watching it. And me and Judy just bust out laughing. No, we're (laughs) in the balcony. So, of course, we're echoing. It was so funny. By the time closing night or opening night or whatever I saw, I saw it, as I said, several times. It changed every single time I saw it, too. Yeah. That's what was so wild. Um, They eventually got it, like, on the hair on a string. And it, like flew up into the world that's better it was better better. it was just i mean this was a equity theater that was putting the show on and tossing the hair upstage but the reason for that i can only imagine from what i kind of gathered from the performers and the producers and the writers is that it was changing and evolving within rehearsals and um ultimately it's it's hard it's just it's hard especially when it is a two and a half hour professional production but I think when it comes to workshops people aren't normally ready for that kind of it's a different it's a different muscle okay and so that's one of those things where I'm like I feel like every college student if they're going to graduate with a musical theater degree or an acting degree or anything should be forced to go through a workshop which is what I kind of like about the University of Michigan when we talked about me and my dick Mm -hmm. because they clearly had to quote unquote workshop that because they wrote it 
And they probably changed that show even after they started rehearsing it. Right. You know? And so um, that's, I mean, that's kind of the magic with workshops because like AKA says, no one can give you permission to create. So why not create a show and do it fearlessly? Mm-hmm. Which th- makes me think about the show that I literally ran for 18 months. Right. <laughs> Which brings me to my last story. Aww. So I don't know about you, but children's theater, the children's theater I did was not scripted in the way that it was a professional licensed script. Sure. It was a script that the producer wrote and we as actors adjusted. And so the very first show was Alice in Wonderland, where I was Queen of the Hearts. So it was um, free domain. We could write what we wanted mm-hmm. to retell it. And our original script was probably two hours longer for children. And was presented with scripts in hand. <laughs> That's okay, too. Which was not great. No, it wasn't okay. <sighs> but that was one of the shows I opened in that, like, sick weekend. Yeah. That I talked about earlier. So I had two workshops literally at one time. Um, while being Aunt Abby in Arsenic and Old Lace. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if anyone knows Arsenic and Old Lace, but that's a play. And literally me on stage for three hours. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so um, I had been sick too. Um, but between like literally that first weekend of opening and the second weekend, we had cut the show up. Oh. And that show went through, I think, four renditions. The final rendition we ran for I th- six months. Oh, my gosh. Every every Saturday for six months. And then, um, and it had gotten fixed, actually, by um, Katie, who mm-hmm. is in charge of Ghost Tours. Eventually, we ended up moving over to Peter Pan. That was written by um, Katie, who had kind of, adjusted uh Alice in Wonderland and at that point it was just it was fun because though we had the script and we had done it for so long it wasn't licensed so we could really do whatever we wanted (laughs) and there was no chance of it ever becoming licensed right it was all about entertaining children and that was probably the most fun I've ever had performing and that's how I feel about workshops I'm like workshops should be fun they should be fun. You shouldn't take yourself too seriously. Right, right, because you're you're still in the creative process. You have mm-hmm. you kind of have a say here. You're creating a character. It's super cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's me. That's all my stories for you. I think if you have a piece, go find a theater that's willing to produce it and offer the people and offer the funding. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I mean, theater does not need to be grandiose. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all you need is two. What is it from title of show? just need two stools two yeah like four stools and a piano that's what it is yeah yeah you know who i enjoy who actually supports us like two stools and piano or four stools and piano four stools and piano what is it our is it our patron it is our patrons yay Yay, our patrons thank you patrons for sponsoring our podcast and you make it possible for us to provide this show for free for all of our lovely listeners if you would like to become a patreon uh, or patron you can join them at patreon.com slash wines and dolls that's wines without the h if you would like to support us in other ways you can find us um anywhere you listen to your podcast and please press subscribe and if you are on audible or 
Apple Podcasts. Go on down and press the furthest star to the right and leave us a review. Take it away, Chelsea. That's it. That's no, it. that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> We'd appreciate you. Um, subscribing and talking about us and sharing our content is the biggest compliment and support that we can ask for. Oh, I forgot to mention. What? So you're going to be performing with Sloan. Yes. Um, at the Broadway soon. Yes. And she's a huge fan, and I told her I was going to call her out soon. Um, she came up to me. She's at Main Street Theater. I was like, this is post. This is after the performance. I know. This is okay, post-performance. Okay, okay. Sloan is a big fan of us now. She came up to me. I was like, I'm a huge fan of you because you're performing, like, all over the place and music directing, and you're in the Main Street Theater show right now. And she's like, I just, I'm obsessed with y'all. <laughs> I was like, Thank you so much. I Thanks was like, so we do this and we're like, do people actually listen? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there, people? And she's it's like, me, wines and dolls. She's like, I hear y'all's name all over the place. What do you mean? Y'all are so popular. And I'm like, I don't feel that. To who? They're not to saying it to who? us. <laughs> Say it to us. <laughs> Just reach out and email us or like send us a little hi on Instagram because it makes us feel really oh good. Oh my gosh, yes. Please, 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 please. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the TikTok where you might see some. That TikTok. That TikTok. Some transfer. Informations and shit. Oh, I love it. At wines and dolls, no spaces and no H. Seriously, like make my day, please. Oh my gosh, it, like that one time that you were recognized at a coffee shop that has yet to happen to me. Well, it's honestly because they were other podcasters and they were like, "We're just we're gonna like have you on our show," and I was like, oh, "You recognize my voice?" Yeah, we talked about them. Yeah. I love them. Anyways, and with that, I'm Chelsea. I'm Emily. And this has been Wines and Dolls. Wine about it, wine. Wine about it. Woo, that's not even how it is.